to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. And for our hosts today, it's the same two fellas you've come to hear every week on yeah, this it's show. The same, it's the same host. We keep announcing, we keep introducing each other <laughs> for no reason, but across the table from me, not only is he a podcaster, he also plays one on TV, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Ah, thank you. And sitting across from me, the Mad Bomber himself. In fact, if you flip him over, he's got the Grey Ghost label right on his bum. Mike That's Staub. Right. That's right. It's uh, it's hard to live with. Yeah, the name brand's right there. Yeah, it's right there. But I, you know what? I don't think anyone's ever had a problem with it. No, no. It's just a weird. It's weird. It's like, what's that? Has anyone ever flipped you over, you know, intimately and said, I can't deal with this Grey no, Ghost no. name brand here? No, no. Because Grey Ghost is clearly awesome. So <laughs> Clearly awesome. Clearly awesome. So nobody has a problem with the Grey Ghost. But we're here today to talk about the 18th produced episode in Batman the Animated Series and the 32nd broadcast episode of Batman the Animated Series entitled Beware the Grey Ghost. And this is a home run episode. Uh, like Heart of Ice, this is an episode that is among the best of what this series has to offer. Yeah. Uh, starring characters that... Starring a character, right? A secondary character in this episode who didn't really have much of a comic book history aside from... Yeah, not as this version, no, right? No, no. It's almost as though they took this character and changed and changed him so he would fit in um, the whole Batman side of things. Because... There is a villain called Grey Ghost, not the Grey Ghost, but there's a villain called Grey Ghost uh, from, I believe, the Jonah Hex books. And he is a, a rather nasty villain. So I think either they just wanted to use the name or maybe they didn't want to pay any mind to the Jonah Hex villain, but it's definitely something that is um, that stands out as a, an original character for this show. He's a great character and... I actually love this episode um, on so many different levels. Uh, I think there's a, there's not enough we can say about it. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, uh, let's just talk about the uh, the elephant in the room, right? Uh, who voices the Grey Ghost? Adam West. Adam West. The 60s Batman himself. Exactly. Who many people refer to as the original Batman. Yeah, I mean, I know there were Batman serials and stuff in the movies but, and stuff like that. Adam West is uh, really considered yes. the one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And also his his voice is so recognizable because we're of a generation where we've had him on Family Guy yeah. as the mayor of Quahog forever. Forever. Um, yeah. Now, of course, Adam West has, has since passed away. Unfortunately. Uh, but uh, we have cherished that voice as a voice actor for years. I'm so happy. Uh, you know, I, I don't always love the Seth MacFarlane stuff, but I'm, I'm actually so happy that we have spent more time with him as a voice actor because the, the, the turn as Simon Trent... The actual voice acting from West in this episode is terrific. It is. It is terrific. And uh, he is a man who loves his taffy. So, <laughs> um, obviously, he was the most notable TV Batman uh, prior to Kevin Conroy. Right. And um, I really think it's great that they threw him a, a bone for this. Uh, historically and famously, Adam West was completely overlooked right. in the 89 Batman. And I do believe that as an actor he took umbrage with not being involved. I think, I'm not sure if Adam West wanted to be Batman in the 89 movie, but if you go back and read quotes from him from that time period around 89, 
he does the reluctant actor thing and being like, well, they're doing their own thing now. But I, I think one of the lines he, he threw out there is like, uh, what do you want? Classic, classic Coca-Cola or do you want the new stuff? Because that was back when new Coke was when still new like Coke a thing. When new Coke was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, well, you know, it, it must have been a point of contention. And I'm sure it was not a happy thing in his life that they were kind of changing the way Batman was going. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we know as fans that the 1960s Batman, the 66 Batman was not the character. Yeah. Right. It was basically they were doing their own thing with it but it was it's still iconic yeah and it's still a really wonderful property even though it's not what we think of as batman exactly so when they go into the 80s and they change up batman and what it's going to be i think he definitely feels like he's left behind and also if you look at adam west's career at that time he's not doing much yeah no no and even then after that adam west would show up in bit, as bit parts here or there i believe he's in an episode of pete and pete um, oh yes, he's the principal. That's right. I think he, yeah. he's. Either, I, think. I think he's the principal. Something like that. Yeah, something along those lines where he has to clear out a, a giant ear with a giant cotton swab. Um, but yeah, he his career wasn't doing much. Actually, he's. It's kind of anag- um, analogous to Simon Trent in in this episode. Well, I think it totally is. I, I think yeah. actually, the, the Michael Keaton movie Birdman. Yeah. Right. I think that's this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This episode is basically like, hey, we have a character who's, I say this with love, kind of a washed up actor, yeah, 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 a washed yeah. up television yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to be brought forward into having now more importance. Like, he's going to get a shot at resurrecting his career. And that's that's what Michael Keaton and Birdman is also about yes. in some ways, is this huge pause yeah. in Keaton's career from his early career to his late career. And Birdman is kind of the thing that gets him started again by bringing him back to the superhero that made him famous. Yeah. So, a really nice meta commentary going on in Birdman, but also especially in this episode. Yeah, Michael Keaton, it's funny now that we look back at it, kind of has, has a similar... A similar career path where he was really big in like the late the 80s into the very early 90s and then yeah. he kind of faded away mm-hmm. and then he started showing up again you know uh much later like uh in that movie with uh, mark Wahlberg and uh and will farrell where he plays like their boss he's the cop um right where he he the one scene where he just started every everything he says is like tlc lines right he has a couple of films during that um during that kind of quiet period in his career, yeah. like he does White Noise, mm-hmm. which is a movie that's terrible. He is the villain in the first Cars movie. Yes. Uh, Chick Hicks. Um, but for the most part, he's not doing anything. No. And then Birdman really brings him back. He's Ken, right? Michael Ken? Keaton is Ken in Toy Story, as in Barbie and Ken. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Maybe. I might have to look that up. No, I, I, I think he might. I don't doubt it. I, I don't really know Toy Story that yeah, well. To yeah, be honest with yeah, you. yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it, but I don't know the yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, away from Keaton, and uh, because we can talk about oh, right. Keaton back, for back years. Back to West, yes. Uh, back to Adam West. You know, we all grew up, at least in some way, shape, or form, watching the original Batman 66 show. It was kind of everywhere. And uh, to hear his voice again in this show, um, you know, really does, like you said, it really stands out. And, um, well, it's, it really honors him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this is not a show for the adults that watched Adam West on television. No. This is a show for their children. Yeah. And it's kind of introducing him as like the, oh, hey, this, this guy's really cool. You should know him. Similarly to in the episode, you know, Bruce Wayne as a kid, which I do love that we finally get to see Bruce Wayne as a child with his father, um, when he's not being shot. <laughs> right. Um, Bruce Wayne, as a kid, watches the Grey Ghost with his dad. Yeah. Similarly to how maybe kids 
like our age might have, our parents might have sat down and watched Batman the Animated Series with us because they grew up watching Adam West as Batman. Sure. So that too has that kind of uh, analog, right? If it will, it's the it's the generational thing, yeah. right? One generation introducing Batman to another. There's also the literal parallel between Bruce Wayne and Bruce Tim. Yes. Right, yes. where it's like Bruce Tim sat as a child watching the '60s Batman, and now Bruce Tim is who he's actually doing a voice in this episode, but yeah. he is um, also showing us what his lived experience is and, and saying like, "Yeah, I watched Adam West on TV. I watched quote unquote the Gray Ghost, and you're watching Batman, Batman. now." You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, and uh, also, I would say the Mad Bomber does seem like he might be a um, he might be a a Batman 66 kind of villain. Like, I know he blows sure. stuff up, but he attacks things with, like, little toy cars and stuff. Well, he's kind of a, a a parallel to almost like a syndrome yeah. from The Incredibles. Yeah. Or he's like the nasty side of Sherman from I've Got Batman in yes. my basement, yes. right? This yes. is like the, the bad side of fandom. Yeah. Like, there's to love a thing as Bruce Wayne or mm-hmm. Bruce Tim mm-hmm. loves a thing, right? Uh, you know, you can idolize it from your past. You seek to do it honor. You want to share it with other people. And yeah. then there's like the fandom that is toxic or obsessive that looks to collect it, hoard it, gatekeep it for themselves and decide what its future is going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that is not the big theme in this episode, but that theme is there. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I agree completely to where... Um, you know, I think we all want to be more like the kid from I've Got Batman in My Basement, but I think even yeah, sometimes... Sherman, Sherman rules in that yeah. episode. Again, I will stand by that episode as I stand by this one. Of course, of course. And this episode is is terrific. I, I don't think there's any argument here. Um, you know, I love that the Grey Ghost is kind of this... He's this older kind of pulp character that, that Bruce Wayne grew up watching. Um, and, and he it, seems to be pulled together from a couple of different places, right? Yes. Like, B- Batman is often cited as having his roots in uh, the Phantom or Zorro yeah. or, or the Shadow or something like that. And the Grey Ghost, like, really just seems straight up like he is the Shadow. The Shadow, yeah. He's very much like the Shadow. Or, I guess, um, I, I, a question in Phantom Menace and those guys, like, those those heroes who have had a few different versions over the years. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's something yeah, like, like, too. like Fantomas, uh, the French guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or who they would, the question, the question was a Charlton comics character, right? So there's the questions from, uh, that is Steve Ditko, right? Well, speaking of Charlton, uh, this whole episode, the whole vibe is, is very Hollis Mason yeah. Watchman. Yes. And his relationship to Dan Dryberg yes. in Watchmen. Yes. So the, the relationship between Night Owl and Night Owl 2 yeah. very, very much parallels uh, Bruce Batman's relationship with Simon Trent's Grey Ghost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And right um, down to like the memorabilia in the old yes. man's apartment. Yes. You know. Which is which is uh, 100% accurate. Now, the Watchmen, while, you know, we can look at the Watchmen and be like, oh, they're all based off of a mixture of all these characters. Uh, Alan Moore, I think specifically based them off the Charlton comics characters. No, yeah, totally. So, um it is Charlton, right? Yeah, it's yeah. so Dr. Manhattan is um oh jeez, why can't I think of the guy's name? The guy in the suit, the guy in like the containment suit. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, it's those characters. Yeah, you know, the question is Rorschach, the peacemaker is the comedian, um so on and so forth. So, but in this one, you're right. It is very much that era of uh the Grey Ghost. That relationship is really really pretty much the same. Um and I like that. I yeah, like and, that. And very much the case, like, yeah, the old man wants one one more yep. fight. Yep. Yep. You know. And also, this Batman the Animated Series was released post 
Watchmen comics. Like that Very series so, was done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, now that we've mentioned Alan Moore, he also hates us. Yeah, that's okay. That um, is required. We well, we've we've mentioned Alan Moore now twice, three times on this show. Oh, we're about to get a yes. season desist. Oh yeah, I know because we talked about him when we talked about the Great Prosciutto. Right. And then we mentioned him, I think, <laughs> on the right. last episode. Um, right. Right. That is from Be a Clown, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Be a clown. Um, so then there's, uh, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim is the Mad Bomber. He voices the Mad Bomber. Is this the only time he supplies a voice on the show? I'm not sure, but actually he's terrific. Yeah, he's great. Really good voice actor. Good job, Bruce. Um, and I do like, there's something about the Mad Bomber, and I don't mean this as a slight, that is like, even down to the way he looks, I know the joke is like, they drew him to kind of look like Bruce Tim. I think that's the joke. Okay. Um... But even down to, um, he looks like almost like he's pulled out of Tiny Toons. Like the way his face is animated, the way he kind of talks. Well, Um, I I gotta say he does. I'm looking it up on Google Images right now. He he looks exactly like Bruce Timm. Yeah, so I think that's not. (laughs) I think there's no question. He looks exactly like Bruce Timm. Yeah, I think I think he was meant to. uh, I think that was done on purpose. Was he was meant to look like Bruce Tim? Sure. He also looks, and I, I again, I say with love. He also looks a little like that one version of Toy Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is yeah. the uh, like the doll face Toy Man. Yeah. With the the blonde hair and the bow yes. tie. And um, you know, I understand why they went with this and not Toy Man, but no, no, this is better than Toy Man. Yeah, yeah, it is better than the Toy Man. But also, <laughs> Toy Man's very complicated, so this yes. is better than yeah. That. Way it's way easier to just write him in and write it out. Right. Um, I do think it is a little bit, like you said, I think it's a little bit of a commentary on the um, kind of the start of the weirdo collector hoarder mentality that we would see in the 90s um, and extend into today. Here's a question for you, Mike, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has this archetype always existed, do you think? Of Probably. like this, like the super nerd that is just like an evil dick? I think what <laughs> happens is, is like, no, you're right. Um, I think what happens is, is that... I think yes. I think that that has always existed. I think that's always like... Because I think it's a reaction, right? Because nerds are always made fun of and they're always picked on and they're always bullied. So there's always that story, well, the nerd got tired of being bullied so he started doing something, right? And that's right. a tragic story. We've seen it ha- stuff like that happened far too much in real life right, um, right. on this planet as well as in a lot of the stories that we read. Um, in comic books, they usually become some kind of supervillain, right? They're usually like, ah, oh, it's Doctor Doom, or it's like we said in the Incredible Syndrome, or or the Mad Bomber here. But I do think a lot of it draws itself back to, unfortunately, in along with nerddom and fandom, there comes a a lot often a sense of gatekeeping. Yeah. You know, Whereas you want to protect the thing that you love. Yes, you want to protect the thing you. We're all guilty of it. Right. And keep it from people yes. that you feel don't deserve it exactly and i feel like to a degree that's what this character is kind of doing right um you know maybe that's what older nerdier people were saying about batman getting a cartoon in this day and age maybe that's what they were saying about the movies coming out you know those who were like well i just read the comic books you know it's um it feels like the two characters, Simon Trent and Bruce Wayne, it's almost like they reach over the gate. Yeah. You know what I mean? As if to say, we can coexist. Yeah, of course. You know, the old generation Batman and the new generation Batman, There's there should be no one standing in the way. No. You know? Definitely. And I think it's good, that stuff's good for everyone. And I, I love that, you know, the accessibility to these shows and to these uh, comic books now, right? 
uh, kind of have created a whole new um, league of fans, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. we all kind of succeed or we all kind of um, prosper with this when uh, it's easier to get our hands on. Yeah, well, to, to vent my own sort of frustration i actually i brought this exact same story up on our other show Mm -hmm. on how about this Mm -hmm. uh many many episodes ago i remember being a little kid and going into our neighborhood comic book store mike and i didn't know each other yet but we had the same comic book store golden 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 memories golden memories and i walked into that comic book store and remember there being a cover of i don't know if it was like a strange tales or something like that but i saw the name for the first time cthulhu yeah I didn't even know how to pronounce it, but I saw the cool, you know, octopoidal-looking monster on the cover, and I was like, what is Cthulhu? And the really irate comic book nerd behind the counter was like, nah, it's H.P. Lovecraft, right? And I didn't know what that was, and there was no internet. And so really, I had to spend like a couple of years as a young kid being like, okay, I think I know who H.P. Lovecraft is. I have to do some research. I understand now the Cthulhu mythos. I went to the library, you know. Uh, there was a process to like learn to love a thing yeah. back then. And I think at least modern nerds are a little resentful that people can kind of become thorough fans of a thing without having to go through the same arduous process. You know, I, I felt like we almost felt like we earned it in some way. Yeah. And, and older folks as well. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, any kid can just pick up, oh yeah, Cthulhu, yeah, Lovecraft, Wikipedia, got it. No, you know? no, absolutely. But at the same time, in that sense, in that same sentiment, um, there's so much accessibility. There's so there's access to so well, much information that so it's hard to it. focus. We need to come to the idea or, or come around to the idea that uh, these things belong to everybody, yep. and they belong to everybody always. You don't you don't have to like everybody else who also likes the same thing as you, but no, you no. have to give everybody a shot. Exactly. I, I dislike plenty of people that like Batman. Right. It's just the way it is. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but no, you're right, and I do think that the the Mad Bomber and this character all are all kind of tied to that toxic side of fandom. Right. It's all part of it. I, however, uh, there's one parallel I don't quite draw, and I guess it's really just because it's the details of the Grey Ghost episode. I don't know what the Mad Bomber wants. Yeah. He seems to just want to blow stuff up. Yeah. And I guess that doesn't have to do with the metaphor of gatekeeping or toxic fandom or anything no. like that. He's just blowing shit up. It's like he just wants to reenact his favorite episode of The Grey Ghost. I guess that's it. That might be it, right? right? But, um, all right, let's talk about a little trivia. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the character Simon Trent, uh, who played the Grey Ghost on the old TV show, is voiced by Adam West, as we, as we said earlier, um, who played Batman in Batman. Uh, the, plight of, the plight of character Simon Trent is close to real-life uh, actor Al Hodge, who starred in the popular 1950s TV show Captain Video and his Video Rangers, um, but died in 1979 in both poverty and obscurity. We yeah, do see right. a Simon Trent is kind of living in poverty um, past his gray ghost days. Right. So, yeah, there's the Hodge story. There's also just the story of Adam West himself. Yes. And I, I don't think they want to be too on the nose with it, mm-hmm. though, of course, they are. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think Adam West was impoverished, but he certainly wasn't doing well. Yes. Um, Simon Trent, one of the cool things here is that when he opens the closet to retrieve uh, uh, a reel of an episode of The Grey Ghost, uh, one of the tapes is labeled Dr. Death. And uh, Dr. Death was the first ever recurring villain in the Batman comic books. Um, Another episode is uh, entitled Terror in the Sky, which uh, went on to become the title of Batman the Animated Series Terror in the Sky in 1992. Uh, There's another episode entitled Grey Ghost Returns, which is an obvious reference to The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Returns. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I think if you look at those film reels, there's actually like a lot of familiar titles. Yeah. Uh, some of them seem to mirror or parallel other Batman the Animated Series episodes or just other popular Batman stories. Exactly. Um, one of my favorite things about this and hearing about the relationship between Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, and Adam West was that when he was done with the episode, um, instead of a scale wage, they handed him a check for $25,000. And uh, the original Batman costume, which Dini bought at an auction uh, for an undisclosed sum. For, I think, a lot of money. I think it was a lot of money. And, of course, that event happens in this episode. Yes. Batman literally buys back Trent's costume to give to him. And if you're, you know, Adam West, I I bet you don't even get to keep your costumes that you wore as Batman. He might not even had them. Sure. That's the thing that's so frustrating. Whether you're Simon Trent or you're Adam West, it's like you help to build this thing and it becomes everything you are for a time. And then you essentially own none of it. Yes. Like other people made money off of you, but you are not really any richer for the experience. And at some point, even your fame becomes worth less. Absolutely. And I think famously, first of all, those costumes that they wear in the movies are incredibly expensive. Sure. Uh, I don't know how expensive the Batman suit would have been from the 60s, but like I've heard stories that like a Spider-Man costume could be anywhere between ten dollars and $15,000. And I'm pretty... I honestly thought it'd be much more than that. Well, you know, 20, 20 years ago, maybe. I don't know. Right. Um, I think famously, Ryan Reynolds stole one of his Deadpool costumes from the set of Deadpool, but he's also a producer on those movies, <laughs> right. so I don't he think can't he can really... can't really steal from himself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, at the end of the episode, we see a picture of Matt Hagen, who uh, we will see very soon on this show. Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. Uh, advertising him as the man of a million faces. In yes. the... I did not pick that up at all, and that's so cool. Yeah. And I've seen this episode a million times, and somehow I've always missed the Matt Hagen thing, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. so cool. You got to go back and, uh, and check it out. Hagen is obviously the Batman enemy Clayface. And, um, what? And, <laughs> uh, you know, a man with a million faces. So there you go. Um, also, uh, had Adam West not agreed to uh, voice the Grey Ghost, the entire episode would have been scrapped. Yeah. So, lucky... Well, you can't really do a Valentine to Adam West's Batman without Adam West. Adam West, yeah. So, maybe, maybe they could have got... Uh, uh, would Burt Ward... He would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robin! Burt Ward actually would have been a really fun Mad Bomber. Yeah, absolutely. Like that if, you couldn't, if Bruce Timm was suddenly like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, no, yeah. that's hilarious. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so the, like you said, the Grey Ghost was based on the Shadow, so there we go. Right. But uh, do you have any any other opening thoughts here? Uh, opening thoughts? I don't know. I remember, look, we'll, we'll get to the ranking at the end, but this is one of my favorite episodes. It's one of the episodes I was looking forward to the most when we said we were doing the batman cast. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about the Grey Ghost episode. This was somehow, even as a young kid, I, I felt like this episode was special. Yes, and the sentimentality of the episode, which is, you know, it, it comes from deep feeling yeah. and, and deep love. And I, I think I felt that even as a kid. And it's resonated with me for 30 years. I know. It's crazy, right? Um, you know, uh, we'll talk about it when the scene comes up. But when Batman gets the episode to watch and Alfred gives yeah. him the popcorn and he's he's watching the TV, I was like, this has been our experience recording this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. has been like let's go back 30 years oh my god i've i've gotten something back from my childhood and it's very moving yeah you know what's the uh you know y- y- it's like you're taking you're taking getting that back getting back what you lost right right is kind of something that's really really cool and to see bruce wayne smiling and eating popcorn and enjoying his favorite show is great also in those days they didn't have hbo max so <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have to uh you didn't have to like search for the real right 
Um, if you're ready to dive in, I'm ready to dive in. Let's do it. All right, let's do. Let's gray ghost this. Um, so we get the title card. We get the obviously we get the the intro, the un, unbelievable Batman intro. We get the tire title card, and we hear the gray ghosts' incredible, incredible theme. Uh, I love the gray ghost theme. Uh, it just sounds perfect for like that, you know, classic pulp movie yep, pulp, art deco yeah, hero yes such such good such a good fanfare yep um and very we, 30s yes very 30s as we see what we assume to be the gray ghost in silhouette gun out and his goggles bright white the music is perfect it's purposely meant to sound like the old superman cartoons it, actually exactly um and uh, this is directed by boyd kirkland story by dennis o'flattery and Tom Ruger, teleplay by Garen Wolf and Tom Ruger. So I, I can't help but notice Boyd Kirkland seems to direct a lot of my favorite episodes. Um, I'll have to really take a look at that once we get through more episodes, but he, he might be my favorite director on this show. Yeah, Boyd Kirkland does an incredible job. Um, yeah, just his so understanding frequent. of how the episodes are going to work usually really works for me. And this episode looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing looking episode. Obviously, they knew what they were working with, and this one had to be one of the episodes that looked... Uh, quite good. And it looks amazing because once again, we have a sh an episode that is animated by Spectrum. So these are the same folks who did Heart of Ice. So y yes, this episode is gorgeous. Unbelievable. Like you look at the animation right away and you're like, oh, they really tried. Yeah, especially like when it, when the explosions are going off and you have that smoke. It's like, oh, yes, this is it's so very, good. very good to the extent that I, I'm actually kind of embarrassed for some of the other episodes yeah. compared to this one for the animation. Because yeah. like, I think even a kid can tell. Yeah, it's like, oh, this one doesn't look as good. Right. But this one is, is killer. This one's like a 10 out of 10 for yeah, Absolutely. Animation. Absolutely. Um, we cut to a black and white shot of the moon from down below. A man is running, backing away from two muggers as we hear, when crime haunts the night, a silent crusader carries the torch of justice. We see gray ghosts standing in the alleyway with the right amount of fog. He rushes in and takes care of the two muggers with ease. Those with evil hearts beware, for out of the darkness comes the gray ghost. Right, which is very much harkening back to the shadow. Yes. Uh, yes. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. And all exactly, that. Mm -hmm. exactly. We see the gray ghost title card now par uh, paralleling Batman the Animated Series, uh, looking like an old movie title <laughs> card, purposely echoing what we've become, what we've become used to. Uh, we see starring Simon Trent as we hear a woman scream. And then we cut to tonight's episode, The Mad Bomber. And we see the title card for the episode. This is all clearly made to parallel the Batman the Animated Series <laughs> Right, yeah. This is the beginning of like all the meta-theatrical stuff yes. in this episode where it's like, oh, it's a it's an episode of The Great Coast yeah. inside an episode of Batman the Animated Series. And it's like, you know, kind of are now going to start. Uh, this is where we start flipping back and forth. Yes, we start flipping back and forth between uh, the Animated Series and, and The Great Ghost. And they were doing this meta meta theatrical stuff 30 years before it was popular right like this is something you would see now in right. a movie now in tv but again it's very high-minded and actually it's hard for a kid to follow exactly oh, yeah. what's going on you can't really start a television show with the start of a television show inside of it no without expecting a little bit more of your audience yeah no it's amazing um but i love it <laughs> no no it's, i mean it's amazing it's very it's very complex for a kid um watching this as an adult it's funny because I do think that if, if you had a kid and an adult watching this episode together, they would both come away from this episode thinking two totally different things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what's really cool about this. It's like this episode was is one of those episodes on this show that showcases like, yes, this, this show was made for kids mostly, 
but also this is something the parents could watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We then cut to an industrial complex, uh, Piedmont Plastics. We hear a machine whirring, sounds like a toy, and then we see an explosion. We cut back to see a young boy dressed like the Grey Ghost holding a Grey Ghost toy who has a shocked look on his face. This is young Bruce Wayne, and he's enjoying his favorite TV show. Uh, Mike, there's no way you did not have the thought I had where I was like, I remember watching Batman the Animated Series and holding the animated yep. series toys yep. in my hand. Yep. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I'm getting like emotional talking about it, but like, I know. that is what it was to watch this show. No, it was. It was. It You'd was, have Batman in your hand while you watched the show. And you had Batman, whether he might have been fighting someone or you just might have <laughs> right. had him, right? Yeah, usually the Joker for me, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, why not? Why not? It could have been Man Bat. Um, <laughs> it could have <laughs> been Man Bat. <laughs> but um, no, you're right. It is an emotional moment for the viewer, especially for us, right? If we were, if we went back to us being six, probably not as emotional but now realizing that at one point we were bruce right young bruce watching the show and it's also really j- cool just how amazing to see young bruce wayne happy because yes. the only time we ever flash back to young bruce wayne is basically crime alley yeah and his parents are being fucking yes. murdered yes you know yes. we never just get to see him be a kid no he honestly he had his childhood stolen from him right right so it's funny it's almost like they made this episode with the foresight that, you know, people are going to watch this in 20 years. People are going to watch this in 30 years. Like, to be fair, that's not uncommon for uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. You know, we grew up on Looney Tunes just as much as our parents and in some instances our grandparents did. You know, yeah. so so there is a legacy here. It's almost as though they purposely did that to kind of say, hey, you know what? Maybe when these people are in their 30s, they'll sit back and watch and they'll see what we were really doing here. Sure. There are a lot of cartoons that um, are not made to last. Yeah. This one was. This one was. Yeah. This one was. This one was special. Every- it always, always has been. Actually, it really, as if doing a podcast about it wasn't enough, sometimes it takes like watching an episode like this to be like, everyone put so much effort into being like, I want this to stand the test of time. This was a passion project that was also made to, it was also lucky enough to have great success yeah which frequently passion projects do not but this was a project that everyone involved wanted to do right and then it's eventually would uh, allow them to do another passion project called freakazoid which we won't get into <laughs> we'll cover it on patreon uh, yes yeah well actually i would actually, love, we've, we've, i would that love. is something we've been seriously yes considering. yeah i yeah. would love to do freakazoid it's not freakazoid. that many episodes um no there's not no it's like two seasons yeah uh so we see young Bruce Wayne holding his toy. Uh, Thomas Wayne is watching along as well, but reading the paper. He informs young Bruce that bedtime right after Grey Ghost, but Bruce doesn't respond as he's mesmerized by the television program. We cut back to the TV program. The announcer speaks about the bomber, but the only hope is the Grey Ghost. We see the Grey Ghost running into a burning factory. All right, we cut. Gotham Plastics. Wait a second. It explodes! We <laughs> we cut to Batman on a nearby rooftop with his cape billowing in the wind. He's looking very gray ghosty. Yeah. Uh, obviously done to parallel the show that uh, Bruce Wayne was watching. He hops off the roof, cut to the Grey Ghost TV program. Grey Ghost is looking at the explosion that just happened on his show. He too hops off the roof in the same manner. And we cut back to young Bruce, who yawns. A police officer hands Grey Ghost a piece of paper that uh, shows a ransom note. And we hear Adam West for the first time as the Grey Ghosts say, pay up or pay up, pay the consequences. Adam West has a hard voice to do. Yeah. Pay up or pay the consequences. Yeah, it's very... Uh, there's a little warble in there. Yeah, there's a slight, it's a slight uh, warble. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> pay up or pay the consequences. That's pretty good, yeah. 
as he reads from the ransom note, um, we cut to the note and it says, one million in cash or the Piedmont bank is next. Sign the mad bomber. It's honestly awesome to hear Adam West again. Um, as someone who watched the 66 show and um, always appreciates when Adam West comes shows up in things, even Family Guy, um, as the insane version of himself that is the mayor, uh, I always appreciate that. Sure. Well, you know, it's the same feeling that they're looking to get if they yeah. can actually get Michael Keaton in one of these new Batman movies. Do you know what I mean? We'll see what James Gunn wants to do, man. <sighs> right. Just yes. out of out as of, of this recording, of James this, Gunn is now the head of. I think they're just calling it DC Universe. Yeah, now. he's the head of the DC. I think film, TV, and animated universes. Right. Uh, I I know some people don't like the move. I don't think you could give it to someone. Who, I don't think you can give it to more capable hands. Well, I, well, you're more optimistic than I am, but I will say it certainly cannot be worse than it no. has been for no. DC. I, I'm a I'm a James Gunn fan. I think he's handled DC properties uh, masterfully. Oh, I well, listen. I I think all his stuff is great. I just think he has an insurmountable task before him. Oh, I yeah. wish him luck. But I will say this much. Just one more note on on James Gunn and his work with the DC universe. Do you really want to? Do you really want to taste it? Um, <laughs> um, cut back to the Gray Ghost. The police chief says. If they only knew how he planted these bombs, to which the Grey Ghost replies, "Fear not, Chief. I think I have the answer." You have a pretty good Adam West. Uh, it's all right. It's pretty it's good. Right. Uh, we pan back to see young Bruce being carried to his bed by his father, Thomas Wayne, who is also played by uh, Kevin Conroy. All little Grey Ghosts to be in bed. So, yeah. yeah, it's the the Kevin Conroy voice as Thomas Wayne is just it's so good. Yeah, and it's also like this is everything that made him who he was. It's mm-hmm. like there's his dad. Yeah, and there's the Grey Ghost on TV. Exactly. And that's, that's these are the figures he's been following his whole life. Two ghosts. Yes. Essentially. Yes. It's amazing. Um, I love that. We cut to Bruce Wayne in bed as an adult, tossing and turning, mumbling to himself. He wakes up and says, the gray ghost. <laughs> He's in a night sweat. This is a little strange, but uh, whatever. It's all good. Um, we cut to Bruce and Alfred in a car. Bruce is watching a TV news report as Summer Gleason is reporting on um, a series of bombings that is going on in Gotham. Um, right, the, she doesn't actually use the name the Mad Bomber. She, does she? might. Does she? Say I, that I don't already? remember okay. off the top of my head. Um, I watched this episode a few weeks ago. We we had to take some breaks in recording, <laughs> so I don't right. quite remember. I don't, I don't remember if she actually says Mad she, Bomber. Here. She might. She might. Um, but the bomber uh, demands oh, one million dollars. I think she, I think she does because yeah. I think he signs the notes. The, the Mad, Mad bomber. bomber, right? Uh, he also demands one million dollars in cash. She asks how these explosions are getting past the police and bomb squad experts, and Bruce asks himself. And what does it have to do with my old hero? You know what's nice is that inflation hasn't affected the ransom. No, no. A million dollars is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I think it was ransom, good then. It's good it's now. It's good now. Uh, this was before streaming kids, so you couldn't just watch your favorite episode of Batman ad nauseum. So, uh, you know, he, he, that's the thing, too. Bruce never finished this episode as finishes this episode as a kid. Yeah, that's the best. Is actually like one of the one of the key plot points is that the only reason Batman doesn't know what's going on is because as a kid he fell asleep. He fell asleep. And He's very innocent. Even when we were kids, if you missed an episode no, of something, you had to wait half a year to see right. it again. Or like they kept forgetting to show Two Face Part One, so you yes. had to watch the Underdwellers again. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Um, I just want to say, since it's the end of the sequence, the, the cuts back and forth between the past, the present, and the episode of the Grey Ghost television series, that is so artful and so dynamic. I just, I don't know that I've liked the beginning of an episode more. In fact, the only comparable episode opener I can think of is Heart of Ice. Yes. Yes. Uh, you're 100% right. Like, these are, this and Heart, Heart, Heart of Ice are in 
in the tops the, of the show. They're in a league of their own. Yes. Those two episodes These, so, so far. Yeah. Those two episodes feel as though they're short animated films. Right. Not just episodes right. of, a, of a cartoon. We'll, we'll get to more of these, but yeah. these two together are, are, so are really so far above the others. And that is to say, the others are already terrific. Yeah. But these are like, yeah, art. These yes. are art. These are incredibly artful. And um, it's clear that it's the legacy of Warner Brothers animation, right? Yeah. Warner Brothers, you know, obviously we all think of Disney when it comes to animation. Right. But like, if you go back 30, 40, 50 years, right? The Warner Brothers animation was as important, if not more important and better uh, in a lot of instances. Yeah. Bugs Bunny and Bugs Bunny episodes have are so much more artful than their Disney counterparts at that time. They're beautiful and they're beautifully drawn. They have so many lines. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous cartoons, just like Batman the Animated yeah. Series. Um, yeah, it all feels like sort of important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go and watch some of those some of those old Bugs Bunny cartoons or old Looney Tunes, which aren't the easiest to get because I do believe that, you know, you know, they're of a different time. Um, and they've done some new Looney yes. Tunes, which are beautiful. Uh, if you watch the new Looney Tunes, it's like they've really tried to capture what the old ones did. So I have not. And and I think part of the reason there's this um, disconnect is when we were growing up, we were the last generation where it was, there was just a set number of channels that yeah. everybody had. Yeah. Even if you had like, a more extensive cable package. There was just just so many channel, channels. Yeah. Now between the streamers yeah. and of course the internet and just the infinite channel system, yeah. people aren't even watching the same stuff anymore. No. So it's like, you know, you'd you'd go to school and your friends would have seen the same thing you saw because everybody had channel 11 or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. you know. We would watch Fox Kids or we'd Fox watch Kids, Disney WB, Afternoon. Disney, whatever it was, you know. Now it's like, oh my god, there uh, you have to hope that they watch the same like YouTube video I as know. you, you know. I know. So so I think a lot of kids miss even things like when they relaunch Looney Tunes or yes. something like that, yes. you know, or, yeah. or like the new DuckTales or something equally beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And uh, it, there's just so much stuff. Even Batman the Animated Series is stuck on a service, which is a great service. And I love HBO Max, but it's on a service that It's a like, service. It's an expensive service. Yes. It's the most um, HBO. Is, it's always going to be 15 bucks a month for HBO. Right. At least. Um but it's also on a service with a million and one other things. Right. When I turn in, when I tune into HBO Max, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch Batman. But most people are going to watch House of the Dragon, right? You know, or mm-hmm. something like that, or or whatever other HBO stuff that they have. The Sopranos, who knows? But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. All right, so now Bruce and Alfred. Uh, <laughs> this episode's going to be three hours. Long, yes, but. yes, uh, yeah, we're <laughs> we're getting there. Um, Bruce and Alfred. I don't have. I don't have. Uh, I actually do have seven pages of notes, so uh, it's quite a bit of time. There's a lot. There's a lot in this episode. There's a lot to talk about this episode. Strap in, folks. Yeah, we're we're in here for a while. Jordan and I will take many tangents. That's right. Um, Bruce and Alfred have entered some film preservation library. Uh, They're asking the clerk for a copy of a TV show. Alfred's disdain. Just the fact that he hates the dust dust. is so good. Because he's a butler. Right. His job is to clean, partially, sometimes. And uh, he hates it. Uh, the clerk says he's got every TV show ever made, which is a wild claim. Uh, but he's using two straws to drink from the same fountain soda. So obviously this guy is like operating on a different level. Weird anachronism rules here, by the way. Um, if you remember back to Christmas with the Joker, uh, Commissioner Gordon gifts Batman and Robin with a VHS tape of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. But when Alfred and Bruce now go to like these video archives, these are film reels yes. in canisters. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, so I, I think the show, again, something we love about the show, it's just the year is really soft. Yes. It's, as to when this is. It's supposed to be kind of malleable, I think. For like, sure. Like, I think, yeah, it's it's all over the place, but it's fine. It all works. No, no, no. Again, not a criticism. Just interesting to note yeah. that it's not really consistent technology no. from episode to episode. Definitely not. Uh, Bruce then asks for the gray ghost. It turns out the guy doesn't have everything as he doesn't <laughs> right. have the gray ghost. The one thing Bruce asks for the clerk says that nobody has that one, that spectrum, LOL or spectra, right? Um, was the name of the company that produced it. Uh, the company that produced it burned to the ground 20 years earlier and that film burned. Do you think they're making a joke on the animation studio that animated this episode? I think they're just, I don't think they're making a joke. I think they're just using the name because that's the animation team that worked on it. I don't think okay. it's a joke. Right. I think they're just saying like, oh yeah, we'll just use the same name. Okay. Um, or something similar. I forget if it's Spectra or Spectrum. Um, Bruce is clearly unhappy about this, but inside the Television Actors Guild, Bruce is paging through what looks like books of headshots of actors. Alfred pretty much tells Bruce that he can't help because he doesn't watch TV. He <laughs> prefers his fireplace. Oh, Alfred. No, I get it. <laughs> Uh, Bruce finds the gray ghost. It's Simon Trent and he's living in Gotham. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we cut to Trent's apartment building. Oh boy. Uh, we hear someone calling out his name. Uh, it's kind of in a slum. It seems like it seems like it's kind of, uh, a, a very, you know, broken down apartment building. Right. Uh, Trent's landlord is demanding he pay the rent or get out. We cut to inside the apartment and we see a collection of gray ghost memorabilia. And this was where I had the moment where it's like, oh, it's, Holl it's Hollis Ho Mason. Hollis Mason. It's yeah. the night owl. Yeah, know. for sure. Even even like down to like the goggles and all sure. that stuff. Well, actually, even just the way he looks. Yeah. Because he's like a good looking older guy. Yep. But like even like his his face, which is very like angular yeah. in, a, in a handsome way. Yeah. I was like, oh, you look like a comic book yeah. hero. You look like Hollis Mason. Hollis Mason. Yeah, it's a really good parallel to draw. Um. We see an older Simon Trent. He's looking at his poster uh, very sadly. Uh, he picks up one of his toys, a gray ghost plane, and we hear the phone ring. He picks it up. It's his agent informing Trent that he, once again, did not get the part. Uh, Trent says that he needs to work, but his agent, Frankie, can't really get him anything. Frankie informs him that uh, producers still think of him as the gray ghost, a fate that, unfortunately, I think a lot of TV and film actors run into and they're being typecast. Right, you kind of do the one big role and then that's that's sort of it. I thought immediately of uh, George Reeves. Yeah. The original Superman. Superman. Uh, I even thought, I actually like this movie, Hollywoodland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben yeah. Affleck plays yeah. uh, George Reeves in that movie. Um, just everyone sees him as Superman. Yeah. So he can then never get work as anything else. I think kind of holds him back his whole life. I think that's why a lot of these comic book movie actors try their hardest to break out while they're doing the comic book stuff. Oh, right. We have like a weird reverse thing going on right now where yes. it's just like everyone is breaking into the comic book movies. Well, yeah, because that's where the, uh, quote, the quote unquote money is. Sure. Well, actually, uh, we could do this tangent for an hour, but like that's kind of all that's really getting made right yeah, now. It's not so. Good. I think people are trying to get out before that bubble bursts. Yeah, I think I think I think we're we're going to see a weird future for comic book movies. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but they're in a weird spot right now. Um, and um, because that's all that's being that's that's really all that's been made for a while. Um, you know, there's an exhaustion point to anything. They used to make tons of westerns, right? And now uh, they don't really make. Now anything. they make like one or two every few years. Right. You know? The same thing with the like the Who Done It murder mysteries. Yep. Now they're more of a novelty instead yeah. of something that comes out every month. Exactly. So, I guess we'll see what happens with that in the future. Uh, but you know, Florence Pugh just signed a uh, 
a how many million a how, how a uh, seven figure contract to play Black Widow. And so, I love her. Yeah, and I think she's terrific. And I, great. I think she's the thing I'm most excited for going forward. But also at the same time, I'm like. Florence Pugh is one of our great actors. I hope she doesn't get just get stuck in a cape for the next twenty years. Yeah, you know? no. Well, they, you know, they that's Birdman once again. Right. Um. So Frankie, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's a Michael Keaton line. Right yeah, I got exactly. him wearing a fucking cape too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Frankie offers uh, Simon Trent almost no hope as Trent hangs up the phone. In a fit of depression-induced rage, he throws a toy plane at his movie poster and knocks all of his memorabilia down, and then he sinks. And he sobs. Right. And the collector in me is looking to see if he broke anything. Yeah, I'm like, please, please, please the value. Oh, save it. Please put it back in the save, box. Save the toys. <laughs> uh, we cut to Yester Toys, which is a name I, I like. Uh, a toy shop. That is something we would name a yes, toy shop. Yes, of course. In like some <laughs> D&D game where you right. have to go to get one special item to win the puzzle. Correct. Uh, Simon Trent gives the clerk a bunch of his old memorabilia, including a gray ghost costume. Uh, the shop owner or the clerk tell, he tells Trent that he can't give him much as Grey Ghost stuff really isn't in high demand, which is nonsense because we know this is the Mad Bomber and we know he's just <laughs> using all this memorabilia to blow up Gotham. Right. Anyway. So this this character, it's our first appearance with him. This is Ted. Yes, this is Ted. And if anyone knows Bruce Tim, this looks exactly like Bruce Tim. Yes, exactly. And um, is in fact voiced by Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Um, the clerk's name is Ted, uh, as you just said. And Trent tells him he'll take whatever he can. And then we cut back to Trent's apartment as he looks at the cracked glass on his poster. He goes, well, my friend, you paid the rent one last time. Uh, I think one of the saddest lines in the episode. Also, the apartment, except for I think the poster, is completely now devoid of of Grey Ghost memorabilia. Almost no Grey Ghost memorabilia at all. Um, Trent falls asleep in his chair with the window open. Of course, foreshadowing something. He wakes up the next morning to see the poster repaired and all of the merchandise returned. Who did this? I mean, it, it, was, it was Batman. Um, <laughs> this is a parallel to what Tim, we talked about this, right? This is a parallel to what Tim and Deanie did for Adam West as payment for the episode. Um, and then there's a note on the Greg Coast costume saying, meet me tonight at Gotham Art School. Signed, a friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We cut to the Gotham streets at night. Simon Trent is holding a box and awaiting to meet his quote unquote friend. I think Batman was hoping he'd already be wearing the I know, costume. I know. <laughs> but I, I like that he brought it as if to be like, oh, should I should I put it on do, now? Do I uh, do I put this on now? <laughs> um, he turns to walk away as he sees Batman coming through the mist and he points at him and goes, "You." This is one thing about this episode. I don't think um, Simon Trent or Grego say Batman that much. Okay. Um. It's a lot of like you and stuff like that. But he knows who he is. But he does know who he is. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say Batman, but he tells uh, Batman tells the Grey Ghost that he needs his help. Uh, Trent runs from Batman, and Batman cuts him off. And then Trent asks Batman what he wants, and Batman explains the situation. Trent says he's just an actor. Batman tells him that the bombings are exactly like an episode of the Grey Ghost, and that Batman needs him to remember. To which Trent says he's filmed hundreds of those shows and he doesn't remember any of it. Which is bullshit. Yeah, which is a lie. It's a lie. Because he, he corrects that immediately. Correct. He remembers all the episodes and he has the answer very shortly. Yes, exactly. He asked Batman to leave him alone. I mean, I think most people would want to ask Batman to leave them alone because he's Batman and he's like, you know, he's kind of scary. I just, I kind of like how impressed slash afraid of Batman yeah. Trent is. You know, it's like... This is like big established Batman. You kind of need that in this episode for the payoff. You yeah. need Batman to be a big presence. Exactly. Because... And well, something Trent could be proud of for of inspiring, course it's right? like he yeah. inspired Batman. Um, then we hear a mechanical whirring as Trent recognizes the sound immediately. 
Batman pushes Trent into an alley as the art school blows up. Because, uh, you know, probably a good thing because art school is clearly a waste of time. And money. Might as well just wait tables. That's right. Um, you know, um, why don't you study something useful? Um, <laughs> Trent <laughs> takes this as an opportunity to run away from Batman. Um, back at the Chelsea Arms, Trent locks himself in his apartment to escape Batman, which obviously we all know never works. He turns on the light to reveal Batman. <laughs> Trent drops the box he was carrying, which has his gray, cost- gray ghost costume in it. Uh, Trent claims that this is harassment and goes to call the police. Batman shows him a ransom note and then asks Trent to help him. Trent goes into his closet and pulls out the reel of the Mad Bomber. It looks like Trent has all the episodes. Yeah, so this is the shot where we could spy all the titles yes, of yes. the different episodes, which well, I think, I didn't do it, but it's probably worthwhile to go back and pause, pause to take yeah. a look at what's there. I didn't do it. Uh, that's me as a lazy podcast host. I did catch the Dr. Death one, which yes, I thought was cool, yes. but I there were other ones in there that I noticed were familiar. Yes, and some of them are named after other Batman animated series episodes. Or, like or other comic book stories. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, a good episode for Easter eggs. Of course, of course. Uh, so Trent gives the reel to Batman and tells him to go. Batman then has a savage moment. <laughs> this is rough. Telling Trent that he used to admire what the gray ghost stood for. To which Trent replies, I'm not the gray ghost. Which, okay, yeah, he is just an actor. And then Batman turns to him and like has like a scorned fan with some unnecessary savagery and goes, I can see that now. It's like, woo. Man, that's rough. Yeah. Listen, I know it serves the episode, and it's great. It's just, what the fuck do you want him to do? He's an old man. He's an actor. Okay? What is he supposed to do? Batman wanted him to actually be the great ghost. Right. Well, he gets his wish. He does get his wish, but this would be like us asking Kevin Conroy to go go to the streets of New York City and fight crime. Right. Or Michael Keaton. Or Michael Keaton. I don't know. I think Keaton could do it. I think Conroy could do it. Showtime. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Imagine if we just went up to Michael. Uh, we went up to Michael Keaton. Like you just do Beetlejuice stuff. Michael Keaton's pretty capable. I really feel like he would help. Yeah, he. Want to like, get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he has that one moment as Vulture, which is like a standout Michael Keaton moment. Like he's great as I love him as Adrian Toomes. He's, he's great. great. He's oh. great. But there's that one thing where they're sitting in his like workshop before he drops the roof on Spider-Man and Spider-Man has to do the thing he does in every comic book where he lifts something very heavy while also being halfway submerged in water <laughs> that he like pulls at his hair and it's just vintage Keaton. Yeah. He has like a classic like Michael Keaton flip out. Yeah. Silent, silent scream. I love it. Anyway. Yeah, Keaton rules. Back to this episode. Um, uh, all oh, right. Then Batman, it's the, the best scene in the episode. Yeah, best scene in the episode. So Batman jumps out the window. Um, right now, then, here it is. Wayne Manor. Bruce Wayne is watching the Mad Bomber episode. Alfred brings him some popcorn. Uh, Wayne is showing some true joy here for the first time in the series. He's us, fellas. Yeah. I, I wrote uh, in our notes here, it's the moment that may be the most emotional. I said it in the intro to the episode. Yes. This is what it means to come back 30 years later and watch a thing that meant something to you. Like I said, it's almost like they made this show to last, knowing that we would watch it as adults eating popcorn and reliving some of the best moments of our childhood, consuming yeah. mm-hmm. culture. It was a crazy right. moment rewatching it, it to record this episode where I was just like, oh my God, we're, we're, it's just to- a total reflection. Yes. It's just us too old to be watching the cartoon, watching this man watch the cartoon. I was like, wow. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's poetic, really. Yeah. Um, Bruce Wayne watching the Grey Ghost. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, we see a flashback of young Bruce Wayne watching the Mad Bomber episode, and we zoom into his eyes, seeing the gray ghost reflected in young Bruce's eyes. We then see the same reflection in older Bruce's eyes. He smiles as we hear the whirring again and see Piedmont Plastics Facility. Um, we see the Piedmont Plastics Facility, or P- is it Piedmont or Piedmont? I think it's Piedmont. Piedmont, right. We see the Piedmont Plastics Facility f- explode for the second time this episode. Bruce Wayne then has his Leo meme moment where he points at the screen. Um, and uh, we see that noise is coming from a remote control car. See, now we said this before, but young Bruce Wayne never saw this part because he fell asleep. Right. And he had to go to bed. It's him putting the other half of the episode exactly, together. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we see one of the RC cars drives into another facility and it blows up. We cut then to Batman telling Gordon how the explosions are happening, which puts Gordon on watch at the library. I I really want the missing scene here of where Gordon has to call everybody into the station like office and be like, all right, we're looking for little remote control cars packed with explosives and Bullock being like, where'd you find that out from? Batman? <laughs> you know, it's more of his lies. <laughs> yeah, Batman would play with toy cars. Um we cut to the streets of Gotham. We see cop cars, bomb squad, and that stupid crew car from On Leather Wings make a comeback. <laughs> right, with the toaster hup, hup, hup. car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the toaster mobile. The stupid. Uh, Gordon is drinking some soda as the police copter flies We overhead. hope it's soda. Yeah. We're we having a little, little brewski. <laughs> a little <Imagine>. road soda. <laughs> Imagine Gordon's like, listen, it's man, full I'm not supposed cop. to. <laughs> he is at Harley Quinn. That's right. It's true. Um, he's, he's, oh, man, that show is so funny. Um, and then, uh, we see them racing through the streets, uh, and we get to see them driving from a first person perspective. We cut to a man watching the view from a giant computer screen. We see him controlling the cars with remote controls as he hits some buttons. Gordon spots the RC cars and points them out. We get a short glimpse of Harvey Bullock, um, as Gordon commands that the SWAT team fires. This is the only Bullock appearance in the episode. Yeah, 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 he doesn't yeah. have a line. No, I don't think so. They didn't yeah. show him. I mean, he should be there, right? He's Harvey Bullock. Right. Um, he's a whatever he does. We, um, don't, the, we actually don't know. No, no. <laughs> we, no. we don't know what Bullock's exact job is. No, we don't. Is he a lieutenant? I think he's a lieutenant. I think he's possibly... The, or is he a detective? He's a detective. He's a detective lieutenant. I think oh, he's both of those things. But okay. I, I think he's actually in charge of a particular task force within Gotham, which is oh, why he's... Food crime. So, yeah, food crime. That's it. Um, but he's he's everywhere for a reason, I guess. They had the best ganolis. Um, <laughs> so the SWAT team fires. It creates a sizable explosion, so nice. Um, two cars survive. Uh, and make their way towards the library. And then we see the controller uh, hit the armed button as Batman bursts out of the library with the freaking flamethrower, dude. Awesome. Which is like... I Batman with a flamethrower is a card I want to have in a game. Yep, yep. yep. But I want it specifically to be called Batman with a flamethrower. Batman is so toyetic in general. Like, he is. Because he's essentially an action figure. Like, like Batman always has an extra toy. Right. An extra tool, an extra thing. So I just want the figure of Batman with some cool goggles with a flamethrower torching stuff. Yep. Um, kind of like how Batman... Batman's almost like a G.I. Joe. Like when you go and watch... Um, is it is it the the Justice League movie? the Or is it um, or is it Batman vs. Superman where, where they have like the Nightmare Batman where he's got like the, the, the big duster on and the goggles? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, yeah. Um... That's the Justice League movie. That's the Justice League movie? I think so. I, I don't remember. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> That's the whole thing kind of blurs yeah, together. Where he fights the parademons. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, one of those. He's got like he's got he's got the Batman suit on and goggles and a trench coat. and a trench coat and I'm like Batman's a GI Joe. That's right. really what he is. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just keep buying more accessories for Batman. Um, he nukes this car, uh, and he creates a few sizable explosions. We see the final car race down the alleyway, and Batman pursues it with a batarang. Um, out. Uh, he pursues it with a batarang ready. Looks like it hit a bump and was turned upside down. Batman removes the remote control from the bottom of it, and and it says, The Grey Ghost. Batman opens the car up to reveal that it didn't have a bomb in it, so this one was just a decoy. We see two RC cars whirring up to Batman. We then see a rope drop, and Batman grabs it and climbs up while the two cars explode beneath him. Batman gets pulled up to the roof and looks up to see the Grey Ghost, which is really cool. Uh, the Grey Ghost says, like, like you, said, you said, you need my help. <laughs> getting ba- a little worse, I think. Batman <laughs> tosses okay. <laughs> Batman tosses him the car, and the Grey Ghost says that the RC car is, an, is incredible and even has the uh, Grey Ghost brand name. Batman says that he's going to check for Prince and thanks the Grey Ghost, who thanks Batman for getting him in his old outfit back. That's nice. Batman then asks uh, the Grey Ghost if he wants to help. He calls him Grey Ghost. It's cool. And the Grey Ghost says, sure, I'll help. Yeah, so at some point in this episode, Simon Trent has just been like, yeah, I guess I'm the Grey Ghost. I guess I'm just the Grey Ghost now. <laughs> right. That's not insane at all. I'm going to help this costume vigilante who dresses as a bat. Um, The Batmobile is in an alley. As Batman opens the roof to get in, we hear more RC cars headed their way. The Grey Ghost commands Batman to drive. They hop in the Batmobile and drive off, evading the cars as best they can. Batman tells uh, the Grey Ghost to try the green switch that creates an oil slick. Sending the cars to explode into a bunch of buildings. I'm sure everyone <laughs> right. is okay. And dozens of people are dead. Oh, once again. Once again on the show, dozens of people have died um, in Batman's pursuit of justice. <laughs> we did it, partner. We did it, partner. Um, which is a very Adam West Batman thing to say. It's a very Adam West thing to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it, partner. Yeah. You and me, we did it. Um, so at some point, Grey Ghost gets blindfolded on the way back to the yes, Batcave, I yeah, guess, because yeah, he takes because, it off when he gets there. Yeah, he does. Almost like how Batman drugs that kid, Frog, <laughs> to put him to sleep. I believe he hypnotized him. He uh, didn't yeah. drug him. <laughs> First, <laughs> Batman does not drug little boys. He doesn't have to. Not. He's rich, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Um, uh, we're back at the Batcave uh, where the Grey Ghost removes a blindfold, and Batman starts getting prints on the toys. Grey Ghost remarks how amazing the Batcave is, and Batman tells him it's essentially an exact replica of the Grey Ghost lair, which, you know, you know I guess Batman's a little bit of a, of an obsessed fanboy. Yeah. Um, Batman then shows him his collection of Grey Ghost merch, which reminds me of the episode of Doug, where he shows everyone his outfits, uh, which they claim they don't care about his Dylan Farnham collection. <laughs> um, I feel like this is a very odd first date. Um, for these two, it is. Um, I don't. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of Galaxy Quest. Yes, when they kidnap yes. Tim Allen's character and he realizes they've built the ship for real. Yeah, that's what Batman's done. He, yeah, he built the Grey Ghost layer for real. All right, quick sidebar. Galaxy Quest is great. Yeah, that's an A plus ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. Is it as good as Congo? Oh my God, they're not on the same scale because I feel like Galaxy Quest is actually a good movie, whereas Congo is a bad movie that I think is great. All right, we'll talk more about Congo. Amy, good gorilla. <laughs> good gorilla. Um, I really like that uh, one of the posters is just like the Batman the Animated Series poster, 
right? right. But for the gray ghost, for I think that's ghost. really really cool. And that's a very similar to the similar to the poster you see in Arkham Knight. Yes. If you play that game, yes. uh, which I think has the same kind of advertisement. Yes, yes, yes. Beware the gray ghost. Um Batman tells the Grey Ghost that as a kid, he used to watch the show with his father and that the Grey Ghost was his hero. Remember that, folks. We're going to come back to that later. Uh, Trent has a moment, says, so it wasn't all for nothing, realizing that he inspired Batman, which is crazy, right? So this guy who's an actor, he's a washed-up actor, hasn't acted in years, hasn't worked, is, you know, really fighting for survival, realizes that what he did really did have impact even though he was just an actor on tv he actually inspired someone to do good out in the world right and this is where the episode just it's it doesn't play the depth but it is so deep yes because that is that's the whole purpose of art Mm -hmm. uh it Mm -hmm. might have felt insignificant to you at the time yep the poem you wrote the song you wrote the performance you gave but there was someone sitting in that audience who it became core to who they were as a person, and they might have done something amazing with that. And and that that is what Batman has done, right? Simon Trent did not think he was inspiring the greatest superhero of all time. He no. just thought he was doing an acting job. Yeah. But he did it so well and made the little boy believe so much that the little boy became something great. Exactly. Exactly. And um, that speaks to us, I think, as creators. Uh, sure. People who create, um, you know... Um, I never know what impact a song has on uh, a kid yeah. who picks up my record for the first time, you know, and you don't know what you don't know. You don't know the impact and you don't know if that gets them to pick up an instrument and do something far better than anything you've done. Right. Um, well, what I love especially is that Simon Trent is not a successful actor, no, right? No. To his knowledge before this night, if you would have asked him, do you think what you did had any lasting impact? He would have said, no, yeah. I have no money, no real lasting fame to show for it. You can't even go out and see my show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yet it, it did have meaning. Yep. And then we get a weird scene where Batman analyzes the fingerprints to show that they belong to Simon Trent. And then, Oh, that's it. He's the mad bomber. End of the episode. I'm Batman, gonna... Batman kills him. Uh, Batman then starts grilling him about the prince and that he's the only person who knew about the show. Grego says that he's not the Mad Bomber, that he sold all his cars to pay for his rent. No, it can't be. <laughs> he realizes. It, 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 was, it was Ted from Yester Toys. Now we cut to Ted as the Mad Bomber hitting a Batman figure against his console <laughs> until he breaks the head off. Very, Something I think we've done. Yes. <laughs> like children do. Yes, like children do. Very uh, little Normie Osborne Very with Normie his Spider-Man Osborne. toy uh, who no longer exists. R.I.P. <laughs> Normie Osborne. Oh, did they get rid of that character? I don't think he... Yeah, he hasn't been around since the late 90s. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when they've rebooted Spider-Man, I don't know, a hundred times. Yeah. We talk about Spider-Man went, too went much. went the way of May Parker. Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Uh, we talk about Spider-Man too much on this Batman show. They're uh, comparable characters. Oh, yeah, we similar. also we grew up in the Spider-Man era. Yeah, was, yeah you know. ex- I'm a Spider-Man guy. Um, well, me too at heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so he breaks the head off, and then we hear an alarm. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm literally wearing a Spider-Man yeah, shirt right now. It would have been cooler if I I was wearing the same shirt, but Batman. <laughs> they have that shirt that you're wearing with all the all the Rogues Gallery. Like they have a Batman. Oh, for version, Batman, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're uh, this is this is an audio medium. Yeah, the, the the listener can't hear my shirt. No, but they but I can see it, and it's excellent. and that's all that matters. And again, this is a podcast for us, not yeah, them. exactly, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, um, Batman. We hear the alarm blaring, and Batman is there telling him he's finished. The Mad Bomber <laughs> sends a bunch of explosive cars at Batman. Ten that goes into a full supervillain monologue about how great toys are, which is perfectly normal. 
He says that toys have taken all of his money. Well, I think we all... <laughs> I, yeah, think, well, I think I sympathize with old Ted here. <laughs> I think we can sympathize with Ted. Dude, man, the, 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 the cost of toys now is astronomical. Astronomical. Yeah. I was looking at a Square Enix action figure that I wanted to buy that was $130. Yeah. $130. I feel like... Uh, am I just being like the oldest of old men right now by saying I feel like collecting things got more expensive? Is that wild to say? No, it did. I think also toys are not made for kids anymore. Oh, very true. A lot of toys are made for people like us who can't, can't you know, break away from our childhood. <laughs> Um, the nostalgia horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, will I buy um, Final Fantasy VII figures that look like the original Nomura artwork from the strategy guide and the instruction manual? Yes, I will. Right. Will it cost me $130? Yes, they will. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, I absolutely sympathize with Ted here um, in terms of how expensive toy collecting is. Uh, but then he remembers the gray ghosts and that toys can carry a bomb. <laughs> Right. We've all thought this. Yes. Uh, of sure. A totally normal thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his monologue is cut short as we hear the excellent Grey Ghost theme as Grey Ghost crashes through a what window. What a triumphant moment when the theme becomes real. Yes. Not yes. on television. Not on TV. This is real life. Exactly. He barges through the window and he knocks Ted down. A bookshelf falls on Ted and, and the toys create a fire. On his computer. All those poor toys. Batman <laughs> grapples away to save Ted just in time for them to get out of the building before it explodes. I'm sure every, everyone is okay and nobody died. Uh, Ted walks up to the flame and collapses, screaming in the air about his beautiful toys, which... Um, Where does he get those wonderful, wonderful toys? toys? That's the first thing I thought of when he said it. Mm -hmm. uh, we see a newspaper that says, Batman and Grey Ghost nab the Mad Bomber. Yep, and again, a little bit of meta commentary here about just uh, the fans that are like too obsessed about their heroes or about their toys or something like that. Mm -hmm. That it shouldn't be the actual physical toy that matters; it's it's the experience you have. Also, I think this episode is showing you a juxtaposition on where fandom can lead. Yeah, right. Because because Batman took his fandom, and obviously, you can argue that what Batman does isn't right or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But Batman took his fandom and used it as inspiration to make himself a hero. Right. Well, you don't want to turn your fandom against the thing that you're a fan of, right? I know, exactly. Look how bitter people are about... Look, look it could be anything. I'm just, for example, like, I don't know, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, uh, any major franchise, yeah. Lord of the Rings, yeah. uh, whatever. People are such a fan of the original thing that they cannot abide anything else yes. that changes it, right? Yes. This reminds me of, like, Mad Bomber mentality, right? Exactly. Where it's just like, you know, no, this was my version of how yeah. it was going to go, and I was the new Mad Bomber, yeah. and how dare you fuck with this, Batman? This isn't even your story. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you're 100% right, but it is uh, it is a very good uh, parallel. Batman and Mad Bomber are parallels of each other. Right. Opposite sides of the same coin. Um, we then cut to Summer Gleason is now reporting outside of Humongo Video. Uh, Man, saying, I could really go for Humongo Video right now. I would love Humongo Video. <laughs> I miss video stores so oh boy, much, dude. Boy, do Whether I. it's Suncoast boy, or Blockbuster, I. dude, I just miss them. <sighs> for real. Yeah, I'd take a Sam Goody. Um, Ooh, I'll take a Sam Goody. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've spent many a Friday night paging through Sam Goody at the Broadway Mall. Absolutely. Well, Suncoast Video action. This is far too local. Um, we've gotten far too local folks. Some of the listeners know Sam Goody. Yeah, there's like one or two people are like, yeah, I went to that mall. Okay, this one's for you, you one guy. You one guy. Um, it's round one now, which is pretty great. Um, that is great. She, uh, Summer Gleason is talking about that fans are coming out in record numbers to celebrate the video release of the long-lost Grey Ghost TV series. Now, this comes out in 92. 
right? This is ahead of its time. This episode, yes. This episode is ahead of its time, but the way it ends where they're releasing the Grey Ghost TV series on, like, on tape is kind of ahead of its time. Because this is something we would see 10 years later at least when they Mm -hmm. started releasing full seasons of of television shows on DVD, whether it be Seinfeld or Friends, or that's kind of what sparked Family Guy. Right. They had started doing it on tape first. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But you're right. This is... Maybe five to eight years too soon. Yeah, it's for a little, the audience it's, to really get what's going on here. And in those days, when you bought a tape from a TV show, it had what one? I saw like two, maybe three episodes on it. Right. But there was a point around the turn of the century, which is a hilarious thing to say in 2022. Um, there's a point in the, at the turn of the century where um, they were finally doing like, well, you're buying the whole season right. of Seinfeld. You're buying the whole season of. Uh, family Guy. You're buying the whole season right. of Batman. And to have the cred that goes along with that. It's like, well, not yeah. only am I a fan, I own the whole series. I own Dragon yeah. Ball Z three times. Oh, because you've had to keep buying it. Yeah, yeah. three times. Um, yeah, so that's how you know you're a fan of something, when you keep buying it on every format. Well, dude, how many times have we bought Final Fantasy Tactics? Jesus Christ. You know, I've uh, bought whole other systems just to keep playing it. I've bought, I've bought Final Fantasy Tactics... Um, Four or five times, I think. Right. I bought it like four times. I think... I don't know if that's the high... Street Fighter 2 doesn't count because there's... <laughs> no, it, I think I think, I think think it's a toss-up between Street Fighter 2 and Resident Evil 4, the game I bought the most. But Tactics is up there. Tactics is up there for me, for sure. I remember buying it that final time, being like, that's it? That's I it. can't buy it anymore. Yeah, until they remastered Bioshock, it. I bought a bunch, too, because yeah, I kept sh- buying like the Ultimate Edition, yeah, Collector's uh, Edition. Lunatic. Stupid. Uh, I will tell you this much. Um, we will buy Final Fantasy Tactics again. When I'll they buy re- it again. When they remaster it. I will it. buy it again. They will absolutely get a remake or a remaster in the next few years. You heard it here first, folks. This has nothing to do with Batman. Literally nothing. Um, so uh, the Grey Ghost TV series is on, is on, uh, is on video. Uh, we cut to Simon Trent, who's dressed as the Grey Ghost, signing posters and videos for the fans. We hear Bruce Wayne say... Yeah, so Bruce gets to the front of the yes, line. Yes, he gets to the front of the line. Sorry. And he says, please make it out to Bruce. And he hands the Grey Ghost a tape to sign. Bruce thanks him, and on the way out, he says, you know, I used to watch the Grey Ghost with my father, and he was my hero. And he says it with the exact same inflection when he said the same line as Batman. I'm nodding aggressively. <laughs> right. And Simon Trent gives him the look like, like oh, you're Batman. Oh, it's Batman. And you know he's not going to talk. Right. Um, Simon Trent smiles and says, really? Um, and as Jordan says, the glance is very knowing. Right. Um, and Bruce then turns around and goes, and he still is. And we pan up to see the Grey Ghost on the cover of People Weekly with Batman as his shadow. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Fucking uh, uh, Grey Ghost went from obscurity to being a guy signing autographs on the cover of People. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, interesting, by the way, the cover of that People magazine dated 1992. Yes. This episode is supposed to take place in 92, but like we always say, this show's time is completely amorphous, right? Yeah. And again, not something I mind at all. Uh, but I'm going up to um, our trivia here. I see that uh, the Mad Bomber episode is the 18th episode of the Grey Ghost series, and this is Batman, the animated series, as in the 1992 series. It's their 18th episode as well, Yeah. if you're coming from our side, the production side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a little wink to the viewer, just yep. being like, hey, you're, you're watching this live in the moment. This yep. is a total homage. Yep. And uh, I do not mind that they said this is 1992. No, I don't care. time is so soft. Yep. Is it the 30s? Is it the 50s? Is it the 90s? You know what? It doesn't matter. It's yep. all Batman. Yep, absolutely. And Batman is timeless, as is the Grey Ghost, apparently. So, yeah, closing thoughts. This episode's awesome, man. 
I, I love this episode. Uh, I was, I've watched this episode, I think four or five times, um, to work on this podcast. And, um, I really think it's, it's incredible. What about you? Yeah, I can't say enough good things about this episode. I was it was one of the episodes I was looking forward to the most when we were doing this this whole series as I as I mentioned before and um even in just talking about it I realize how much resonance it still has. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just not only as just a great episode of television but just it kind of speaks to why we do things like this. Yeah. Why do we have a fan podcast? Yeah. Uh why do we come back and visit things 30 years later and and realize that it still gives us the same joy and it still yeah. inspires us in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all those things that I had nice to say about I've got Batman in my basement, which is like a much maligned and I think actually good episode. Yeah. Uh, this is a good episode, yeah. like flat out good, good that has a very similar theme. Yeah. It's just we are protective of these things that we love because in some way they protected us. Yes. You know, yes. and and now we it's up to us to share them. Well, that's that's why I really doing. like the end of the episode because yeah. it's not like, oh, and I told the gray ghost that I'm Batman and now he feels satisfied and it's a closed loop. No. Yeah. The end of this episode is an autograph signing because we're going to release these episodes to the public. Yep. This is not something that's just held in a dingy basement for one person's enjoyment. Yes. This is something that's going to be out there for everybody. We're going to create a legion of gray ghost fans because when you love something, you should share it and... Like the realization I had with Cthulhu and Lovecraft and Golden Memories, when you find this thing you love, even if you put a lot of work into learning the thing, don't make it more difficult for everybody else. You should invite everybody in. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I'm famously, famously, I'm not famous, but um, I hate gatekeeping. I can't stand it. I think that everyone has an entry point into culture, into pop culture, into comic books, movies, video games. Everyone has a starting point. It's like the equivalent of gatekeeping is like someone making fun of someone at the gym for their who who can't really lift much their first time there. Right. It's the same nonsense that people who people refuse to go to the gym because they're afraid of that. People refuse to get into things because they're afraid that people will make fun of them right. for not knowing enough. Well, the gym is an excellent analogy. Yeah. It's like, oh look at this guy, he can't even lift. He's here. Yes. Is the point. Yes. He's in the gym. What do you want? And the real ones out there, the real ones are out there are like those super jack guys in that meme who are like typing on the little computers. Who <laughs> 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 are like, yeah, yeah, King, why don't you do this? Those guys, those are the real ones. Because you know what? There's always some big guy at the gym who will help you. hundred percent. That's right. That's right. Um, and we, as the nerds out there, um, we as the, the older nerds have to uh, share what we love with the folks out there. And I think um, we should be like Bruce Wayne and the Grey Ghost here. That's right. Um, so I totally agree with that. Um, ranking in the series, man, uh, this is easily a top five. Um, yes. Easily a top five of the best we've done so far. Uh, the only episode that even come that the only episode that stands... This episode and Heart of Ice are like next to each other. Yes. So I actually, I put this episode ahead of Heart of Ice. Yes. Though I'm admitting to the listener, I think Heart of Ice is a better overall episode, yes. but I like Beware the Grey Ghost more. So Beware the Grey Ghost is my number, I'm going to make it my number three episode of all time. Okay. And I think that means I'm bumping down Heart of Ice to four. That's fine. Uh, so I'll get a more definitive number soon, but I we'll these are these are episodes worthy of each other. Yes, absolutely. And clearly done by the same studio right yes the actually i think even though they're not related to one another uh i think it's actually a fun watch to watch heart of ice and then beware the gray ghost oh sure well almost like a best of watching which is like the most maximum effort from this creative team yeah 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 so uh so this episode was terrific 
Um, and we clearly enjoyed it very, very much. But goodbye, and next time on the Batman Tasticast, we'll be talking about episode 19, Prophecy of Doom. You ready for that one, Jordan? I am so ready for Prophecy of Doom. Let me look into the future. It's our best episode. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. I have full confidence that it is our best. That's that's good. I'm happy. There is no way that that could be wrong. I'm happy. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Jordan Hugh. I'm Mike Staub. Thank you and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And that's the Batman Tasticast for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to continue to support the show, you can find us on social media at Batman Tasticast on pretty much every social media platform. And you can subscribe to this show on the podcatcher of your choosing. Share it with your friends. And leave a comment. Reach reach out to us via email or social media. We love hearing from you. So, for Jordan Hugh, I'm Mike Stout. We'll see you next time.